Oh, well, looks like we got some fresh meat in here today. Hi. Hi. I am your state inspector. What's your name? My name is B. Points off. That's a dumb name. Okay. I'm here to determine if, uh, you know, you know, you got apprehended this morning. You know, you got a court order. We got to put you through a little evaluation here. So uh, I'm going to be administering that test to you. And, uh, you know, if you don't pass, we're going to have to put you away for a bit. But if you do, then you'll be Gucci. You'll be free to go. All right. Okay. Here's question number one. Mm -hmm. Give me a thousand dollars. What? Give me a thousand dollars. I don't have that kind of money on me right now. All right. Off you go. Welcome to Homegrown Horror. Main spooky podcast about main spooky things, true crime, horror, cryptids, uh, state state overreach, government overreach. That's today's episode. That's the episode. most terrifying thing of all. The I'm, worst thing of all. I'm be a co-host. What if our numbers among like right-wingers just skyrocketed oh, when I just oh. said that? Oh, government <laughs> overreach. This wasn't the podcast I signed up for. They took a hard right. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the you? pod. I'm Jackson. Who are you? I forgot if I introduced myself just I've, now or I've not. I've never met you. I'm Jackson, a co-host. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we are some co-hosts um, that host this podcast that you are currently listening to. We're blasting your ear holes. Welcome. Uh, enjoy some ear blasting. None. Speaking of holes. <laughs> what? <laughs> and blasting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, uh, have you been? <laughs> I am doing pretty good. My wife's birthday was yesterday. And what did you do? We went out for lunch. And then we went and got some cupcakes at... Okay, here's... So <laughs> our upstairs neighbor asked us the same thing. Like, oh, we came home and we had this big box of cupcakes. It's like, oh, where'd, where'd you get those? I'm like, the European bakery. He's like... Okay, which one? I'm like, no, it's called the European Bakery. <laughs> That's just it. That's it. The, or it's European, not the. It's European just Bakery. Just European Bakery. They have great cup. They have great stuff. It's really good. That's actually but- a brilliant name because if I'm just hanging out at home, I want a European Bakery. Mm-hmm. I type that in, and I have there a store is. that just pings right away. It says European Bakery. It's like so- the, it's like the girl's <laughs> song, Clint Eastwood. It's just gaining clicks. So we we did that, and then we went to Mackworth Island. Nice. And we walked the we walked the parameter of the island. I saw government uh, go, former Governor Percival Baxter's pet cemetery, <laughs> and then we also built some fairy houses because there is a uh, fairy house community. Wow. There, like basically, there's this big area, and they're like, we we strongly Everyone suggest just that. Build yeah. Stuff. Yep. That's really cool. Yeah, was so there we, any like super elaborate ones? Did you take a lot of pictures? Yeah, I took some pictures. Okay, like there's some, there's one, there was a huge one. And I'm like, this is where the Chenu lives. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, but it was really, it was gorgeous. Cause the it's, it was rainy in the morning, but it ended up 
you know, being really, really nice. So we looked out. That happens every year on Allegra's birthday. Just it has not rained pours. on her birthday. I don't think a time that I can ever remember. You well, I mean, you're looking at beginning of May. You have got a pretty good chance of rain. It's been yeah, pissing, but it's just like. You know, it rained a little bit in the morning and then it, it, it cleared up. Allegra said, because her birthday is on uh, Beltane, mm-hmm. which is uh, May Day for those of you who are uninitiated to the witchiness. But it's the be- it's the beginning of summer, actually, <laughs> is. But it is a fertility, it's fertility life. Um, that's where your maples come from. And Allegra said the Fae always have a way of making it sunny. Mm-hmm. On her birthday. There you go. So, a little bit of rain, a little sunshine. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. That's beautiful. And my first time seeing a pet cemetery. <laughs> That's there not a, terrible. Yeah, a horse, bunch of dogs. Great. There time. was a horse, yes. <laughs> yep. And the Did horse's like, name was like Jack. Was it? It had like a full name. Did they have like an, oh, a comically huge headstone because it was a horse? No. But all of the all of the Irish setters. We're like buried under a boulder. <laughs> so like one big boulder with like a plaque that had like ten names on it. Wow! So it's just a mass grave for Irish setters. That's kind of morbid. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I guess like I don't know why. I mean, if you're gonna go to the trouble of burying the dog, just make another headstone. Mm-mm. Who cares? No, just all under this one rock mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How you been doing? Well, uh, I've been fantastic. You know, I've been very busy. It's been a busy time for me. You know, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't have a life. I I go home. I play some video games, maybe. Um, I go to bed. I work. There's just a lot of stuff happening. But I was checking out the last um, two episodes of Vinland Saga, which mm-hmm. Emily and I have been delaying because every time right now we're watching Vinland Saga or this is an anime uh, on Netflix and every t- last couple episodes we were watching Vinland Saga I, be- I burst into tears because it's so fucking sad so like Thorfinn is right now like a slave and he's dealing with the trauma of his past life as a mercenary and um, trying to overcome that so there's a it's a very emotional time this is also yeah. as you're as you've said before a period where everyone complains about because it's not violent at all. It's very introspective. Um, but it's really amazing. Uh, I love the change of tone and sort of... We just got to the episode where there's a huge critical point, I think, in Thorfinn's development, and it made me really happy, and I started crying again. <laughs> Do you think that this is a good anime for people who haven't watched anime before? I'd say it's very good. The first season is very violent. Um, I mean, it's a violent show in general. But if you watch Game of Thrones, it should be a drop in the bucket. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I love the I loved the first season, but I like the second season a lot more because um, the first season is sort of like you're our main characters of focus in their youth, and then the second season is them as like adults, um, kind of overcoming like their past. Uh, issues which Mm -hmm. I think is really great because now it's like I know this is a long running series right now I don't think it's over Mm -mm. yet Um, so I'm excited to see more of this development because it really feels like everyone's well rounded at this point I highly recommend it especially if you're an adult who doesn't know if they like anime this is a great one to jump into if you like Game of Thrones you'll like this one so this is our anime podcast (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, so what do you, it's so, um, you told me that this is a complicated time, a bad 
time. This is a complicated and bad time. I will also say that uh, today's story that we're going to be talking about is not, um, it's not necessarily horror. And if you're a lawyer, I guess you could say nothing illegal happened. There's no crime. But I would say there is Excuse definitely me, wait many a minute. Crimes. That's the worst crime. It's the worst crime. That's the crime. worst crime when they're like, well, technically. Yeah, because this was all sanctioned by the state government. We're going to be talking about... Those um, words are... T- every word you're saying right now is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> the state... I mean, there's the horror right there. This is horror. Yeah. This is... The state deciding that they don't like you and they're going to make your life miserable and uproot you and everything that you stand for. So without further ado, we're going to be talking about Malaga Island. Um, So I'd like to also shout out a friend of mine, Jacob, for suggesting this story to me. Um, They've gotten really into the podcast the last few days. You saw that we had quite a spike. That might just be him. him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got a lot of time on his hands. Apparently, or maybe there were more words getting around about the show. But anyway, we're going to be talking about uh, Malaga Island. It's a very dark point in Maine's history. What's interesting about this is the fact, though, that the history of this happening was swept under the rug. I mean, I... Didn't know about it until I think somebody posted about it for uh, Black Heritage Month or Black History Month. Sorry. And that makes sense because this is involving Maine's most diverse community, I think, to date, Um, considering, you know, Maine is 95 percent white, I think. It's pretty insane. I've never heard of anything being 95 percent white before other than Fig Newtons. So... It, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, yeah. That was a good one. Oh Write that God. in my little book. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> this is about a mixed community that thrived in Maine for a good period of time. Um, it was about 70 years, I think, that that's how long this community existed within Maine. Um. And it came to a disaster's end where sanctioned greed and racism, like a lot of things in the U.S., ended up ruining all of this. Um, Let's just dive in. The history alone of Malaga Island and how it was created is fascinating. But I just wanted to say, again, like you were saying, just something was posted recently that in the last 10 years, I feel like more people are talking about this. And the earliest article I could find about this was from 1980, where um, a reporter just kind of found all these records about this community that nobody really knew existed for a long time. Because there's also no evidence that this community really existed in the first place. That's how hard this history was wiped from the map. Oh, no. We're going to start off into the beautiful craggy coastline of maine you know love going out to the ocean love seeing all the dotted islands that like it's all over the coastline Mm -hmm. there's hundreds thousands of islands that litter the coastline of maine and i think we have the largest like coastline because of that yeah the longest just like on shore if you measure it's very craggy very craggy windswept rocky it's uh it's a hard place to live. So like can you imagine people living out on these islands like pretty early in history? It's 
pretty impressive. Um, the area that we're going to obviously was inhabited before by the first peoples, but um, we're going to be talking about a community that started inhabiting it in the 1800s. Uh, but our story starts with a Mr. Benjamin Darling. There's a couple of um, there's a lot of mythos surrounding this individual because uh, there's not a lot of information about him. But here's the things that I've found through my research that seem to be true. So in the 19, uh, 19, in the 1790s, uh, Benjamin Darling was a slave aboard his master's ship when the vessel collided into the coastline. And rather than drown the man as he could have, which, you know, totally fair, uh, Darling ended up saving his master from the, the shipwreck. And for this gesture, the uh, the master ended up freeing Benjamin Darling and ended up giving him his name. I feel like he should have chosen his own name, but whatever. He, or he could have just had his, his name, name that he had. Yep. <laughs> That's totally, totally a thing that could have happened that yeah. didn't happen. But, but anyway, you know, well, what a, what a nice guy. Um, Benjamin was a free man in Maine, and Maine didn't really care that much about racial, you know, makeup that much in the beginning it was just about can you work great um and that's all anybody really cared about because you know this is a shipbuilding there's a lot of industry happening along the coastline it's pretty rife for it was prosperous Mm -hmm. basically especially 1790s um benjamin eventually ended up getting enough money to be able to buy his own island which is called horse island uh now called harbor island Horse Island was, uh, I think, used as a place where they ended up storing a lot of horses for a good period of time. And he ended up buying the island in 1794. Uh, Descendants of Benjamin ended up settling on other islands. Uh, Benjamin Darling's family ended up selling the island sometime, I think it was 1847, to uh, the Perry family of Phippsburg, Maine. Mm -hmm. So just also... You know, geographically, where are we? This is near Phippsburg on the coastline. Okay. So, uh, literally a hundred yards. Uh, Malaga is a, about a hundred yards, like west of uh, the east side of Phippsburg. Okay. Um, and then it's right in between. Malaga is in between, yeah, Phippsburg and Bear Island. If anybody's familiar with that, I'm not sure what's on Bear Island. I think there might be a hotel there, but I didn't look into it. Uh, people, I think, do live there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit larger than Malaga. Okay. But I'm not Horse, super familiar yeah. with this area. So Horse Island is also just a little bit south of Malaga, just further, kind of further out to sea almost. Um, it's actually larger as well. But he did end up, the family ended up selling that island and a couple of them ended up moving to Malaga. Uh, the 42-acre island, Malaga, is not dissimilar to any other main island. There's really nothing like that stands out about it. Rocky, windy, there's a lot of trees, uh, or at least um, now there is. Uh, You know, it's a really hardcore place to settle. Not a lot of people choose this lifestyle. Um, Yeah. It wasn't really clear that the families that started settling on the island actually owned the land that they were settling on, but it was uninhabited. And I'm not really sure what the laws were around this time, like if there was some squatter's rights kind of laws you would have at some point, the land turns over to you. Not really sure what that 
that kind of process was. Mm -hmm. But they started populating this island. The first settlers were in early 1860, and they were Henry Griffin and Fatima Darling Griffin. Uh, They established their home uh, with their children on the east side of the island by the uh, 1880. The island is believed to have about 27 people living on the island. So 42 acres. That's quite a lot of people, I think, within that span of distance. It's not a huge place. No, 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 no. And what was, of course, most unique about this community was that it featured quite a diverse mixed race families that lived on this island. We're talking Irish-Scottish... Uh, Portuguese, and of course, African. Um, This was, there was no other community in Maine that existed like this. There wasn't, segregation was really alive and well in the 1860s, as we would know from our history. And so to have this was not really um, heard of at the time, especially in Maine. Like the dynamic, most of the makeup is pretty much entirely white. This community, yeah, it was mixed race. They lived pretty much equally. Um, They were mostly a fishing community. Um, They didn't really have a whole lot of services, like public services available on the island. It was very private, you know, very rural. I mean, it's also, is it it large enough to have? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's that too. Any municipal buildings. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, are they adding phone lines? I don't think so. Um, What's also interesting at this time, is that intermarriage or interracial marriage at this point, sorry, was illegal in the state. I think federally, potentially even. But um, a lot of the surrounding areas, you know, Phippsburg, Bear Island, you know, wherever, they just kind of knew about the community and ignored it. They didn't really care. You know, they're minding their own business. But it wasn't until um, 1890 when publications decided to start giving a lot of negative attention to the community that's so just up and up in one day they were like you know i feel like ruining a bunch of people's lives today yeah and there was some pretty heinous stuff i'm gonna read one of these um the rest of it are just fucking racist um so one article in 1902 from the bath enterprise said the community was no worse heathenism we imagine could be found in far off heathen countries than can be found in this godless island. Rude. Rude as hell. More articles were spreading and becoming less flattering and more racist by the article. Some Mainers started saying that Malaga was a blight on the idyllic society of Phippsburg. This idea of like it being a blight started getting more traction as sort of a reason to start meddling in these people's lives because as fishing and shipbuilding the main drivers of industry within Maine started to slump into a not really great economy as we recall from 1910s not so good The uh, community started getting more attention as the state started veering closer towards tourism and real estate. More of the little islands that dot the coastline of Maine are seen as opportunities to start building more homes and invite more people to vacation. Yeah. It's real estate investment opportunities over people actually living somewhere. Go home. Let these people live their lives. Seriously. As Phippsburg started becoming more associated through articles with Malaga Island, the community there started getting more upset about that. 
1903, on February 28th, the Maine legislature put Malaga under the care of Phippsburg. And then the people of Phippsburg voted to place Malaga under the care of the state because they didn't want to be associated with the community. Things are getting a lot more hostile. There's a lot of negative attention happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And a lot of dirty, underhanded things to keep perpetuating this idea that this community can't be left alone. One small bright spot was there was a missionary uh, by the name of Captain George Lane who helped set up a school on the island in 1903. What kind of missionary? Uh, probably Christian. I don't know. I was if wondering, are we talking? Are, are we talking like? Because um, whenever I he- these days, whenever I hear missionary, I think of Mormons. <laughs> Definitely not Mormons. Mormons. <laughs> Definitely not Mormons. <laughs> yeah, I think Mormons came a little later. I can't recall. Maybe they were early in the 18, late 1800s. I yeah. don't know. But uh, don't think they were Mormons now. Uh, uh, George Lane ended up building a schoolhouse. He started with a small one in 1903, and then eventually it built up into a larger schoolhouse. There was money coming in through private donations as well to help with projects uh, oh. from Boston, Portland, and also the Elks Club. So there, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there are some people who don't see this as a blight. No, no, there are people out there they who understand. Correct. Hey, they're living their lives and leave them alone. It's like. You know, I think a lot of the negative stuff ends up getting blown up uh, today as well. Um, But I think there are times where just the majority of people are just assholes in an instance. And this is definitely one of those. Um, So, you know, there was some somewhat helpful things happening. But, uh, you know, some sometimes it, it was it was getting a lot of additional attention to the community, though. Um, which most of it ended up being negative. And can, again, the press keeps pushing this idea that everyone here is lazy and they're an eyesore and they're leeching off of the generosity of others and the state. Because the state, nobody asked, nobody on the island asked for help. But the state no. decided to start sending money towards the island. In 1902, they gave about $48 in aid. Uh, and then all the way into... 48 whole dollars. 48 whole... Hey, that was a lot of money. I know, it probably it's a lot was. of jawbreakers. Uh, and then in 1910, they gave about $1,170 to the that's community. A, that's a huge jump. It's quite a bit of a jump. And I mean, like, if we're talking about 45 people, that's a lot of money. Um, but it's kind of weird. Why are they giving money? The community, again, was not asking for this generosity with, obviously, ulterior motives. Notice. The state, this is where things get really bad. It moves quickly now. The state started getting um, more involved with the lives of um, people living on Malaga Island. Um, The state decided to end up putting about, along with the doctor, around 1911, um, eight individuals from the island into the main school for the feeble-minded. This is known as the Pineland Center. It is now a farm. Um, but this was a... Wait, where is it? Uh, Pineland Center. Pineland? I don't know. Because I know there's a Pine- Pineland Farms. Is it the same oh, one? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay. I don't know if we can say that. I don't know. Whatever. That's fine. <laughs> we can say it. 
I'll cut that. I don't think the farm is associated with the Pineland Center. Well, and what I they mean, did in the 1800s. No, no, they're not associated. Of course, they're not associated with that. Like, <laughs> it's all. I think there's some buildings, though, that exist from there. But anyway, yeah, the main school for the feeble minded was created in 1910. Um, but yeah, eight members of the Malaga Island were sent there. And they were deemed feeble minded. Now, B, what kind of test do you think people would uh, take? Take a bunch of islanders. What what kind of test do you think they would give them? A racist them? one, <laughs> a ableist one, Hello? a um classist one. Oh. They're gonna be like, we need you to do like Harvard level classes. Oh, it wasn't even that. But uh, the all they really needed to do apparently was um, show them a picture of a phone and say, what is that? That is classist. That is straight up classist. Because um, they don't fucking have fucking one. bitch. <laughs> That's worse than what I thought. I thought that they were going to make them do something that's like, you need to have like a high level of education in order to do this. No, no, no. They just went low bar and was like, let's show them something that they've never seen before. Yeah. So. Rage. Rage. Flames. Flames on the side of my fucking face. (laughs) She's going full Hades. Um, So in 1911, then the state decided to... um, there was still an unclear idea of who actually owned this land. So they put it under the care of Phipsburg. Phipsburg didn't want it. So the state's trying to figure out, okay, who actually owns the island? They decided, so you remember the Perry family that bought Horse Island? They mm-hmm. decided it belonged to that family. Okay. The state gave them $400 for the land. So they deemed that, oh, the Perrys own it and uh, we're going to pay them for this island. And the Perry family is like, yeah, we'll take free money. So then they, I guess so. So now that the island is officially under the care of the benevolent state of Maine. Um, benevolent, <laughs> quote unquote. The governor decided to come pay a visit. Which governor? His name was Frederick Placited. Placited? His name, Frederick Placited. Alrighty, Freddy. Yeah. So anyway, this asshole, along with his chuckle fucks he calls an executive council, decided to pay a little visit and take a look at all these these poor, stupid islanders for themselves. Uh, the governor decided to make this remark. The best plan would be to burn down the shacks with all their filth. Certainly the conditions are not credible to our state, and we ought not to have such things near our front door. I, I do not think... That a like condition can be found in Maine. You know what? This gives the vibes that it gives me is so long story short, I did a show. So I like that was based on the median strip controversy that happened a couple like probably a decade ago now. But um, there were a lot of. moves in the government in the city government and in you know neighborhood watches to make so people could not panhandle on the gateway to the city and it was like a huge thing and yeah I got really really into it and it just makes me so mad when people are just sort of like the conditions that these people are living in are less than what I think is normal. Therefore, 
burn it down. <laughs> Get rid of them. Kick them out. It, 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 it's, it's disgusting. I hate it. It is disgusting. It's disgusting. And that's, and that's kind of... Yeah, that's the vibe here, man. That's, uh, I'm with you. That's the total vibe. So, yeah, good to know that there are some things that haven't changed. Nope, definitely not. So the eviction date ended up getting set by the state and was marked for July 1st, 1912. Uh, but when agents for the eviction turned up to the island, they expected to see homes. All the homes were gone. They were removed by the families and moved. They took their homes and left. They took their homes. They took their homes I and fucking left. love they took their homes. The only thing that was left behind was the cemetery. Um, Is the cemetery still there? Uh, well, I'll address that in one moment. Uh, but I think the families that moved from the island, they just kind of scattered everywhere. Yeah. But To the wind. Yeah. And I mean, but they were hounded. They faced brutal, like, yeah, brutal ostracization from the entirety of the state. Now that they're gone from their home, it's like the state didn't even give options for alternative areas to establish themselves so these people just tried to find land anywhere that they could settle in and you're trying like that's not even these people ended up living they continually then had to live like from cover to cover trying to find a place to you know call a home and the state is just not helping and no one's helping them it's also the just the fact that like they need to now try to blend in with society Mm-hmm. They can't. Really. If no. you're um, if you are a mixed race family, everybody's gonna fucking know. Yeah. Oh and they're just sort of like good fucking luck. They even like made a racial slur specifically for the people from this are island. Are you fucking with me? I'm not fucking with you. I'm not gonna say it. No, you no. Fuck what the fuck? Because <laughs> that's disrespectful. Oh my god. So, so B, let's talk about the cemetery. So it was the last thing that was left on the island. There were 17 um, people buried in this, you know? This is like the early settlers, you They're going to be super disrespectful, aren't they? They took the 17 bodies and combined them into five caskets. Jesus fucking Christ, okay. And then they moved all the bodies to the cemetery at the main school for the feeble-minded. Here's proof. Jackson, don't do this to me. This is one of the headstones. Five children of H. Griffin. November 1912 is not the date of when they died. It is the date of when they were moved. (sighs) Nothing else. Just H. Griffin. I'm screaming internally. So loud. So loud. It's loud. The screaming is so loud inside of my head. fucking can't i hate it when they do this it's gonna get better b just history was um erased from this island completely none of the homes now not none of the people that you know the evidence of the people that live there so so the whole point of this remember this was for real estate right we were gonna build some homes on this make some nice cottage communities what would you think would happen Nothing. Nothing happened. Nope, that's what I was afraid of. Nothing happened. 
They did all this. For fucking nothing. They did this all. They said, oh, they were going to build some houses. They were going to turn this into real estate investments. They no, didn't even just, do it's that. It's sitting there. It's just sitting there. They didn't even do that. They couldn't let people live. They couldn't do it. That's really, I think that's really what it was. The they were object, saying that that's what it was. The but purpose wasn't, wasn't for no. money. It wasn't even that. It was just hatred. I could imagine, you it, know, it makes sense. It was sense. just hatred. It makes sense. It was just, yeah, it was just cruelty. It was just cruelty for the sakes of cruelty. That's it. I and everyone thank you for telling this story because I don't know. I don't know how much stuff is. I don't know how much media is being put out there about this. We could have a documentary. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Who wants to fucking fund this? Who wants to like? I I have the rage. I I think I can't tell what's this. All of it. All of it. I was going to say, I can't tell what's worse. I'm like, no, all of it, all of it, all of it, because it's, it's cruel. It's hateful. It's racist. It's classist. It's, it's a whole lot of things. And for no re for no good reason, there's never a good reason for any of these things. And they're different. (laughs) They lived differently. That's it. That's it. That's all it takes. Nothing much has changed. This island was bought in 2001 by the Maine Coast Heritage Trust. It is now a natural preserve. Um, People can visit the island, uh, but, you know, can't stay there. So there isn't much, you know, there's still not much left to see there. There's a part of me that one. I think I said I did the same thing with like the Marymount Colony. It's like, what if we just let people live? And just do their thing. Because like, what kind? Of, what what kind of world would we be living in now if they didn't do this to the people of Malaga, and they just let people live? Yep. And they didn't try and bury their existence. Well. You know, there, obviously, the state of Maine seems ashamed. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Whenever you find the history of communities that thrive mm-hmm. separate from the state. Somebody steps in to fuck it up. Someone decides they need to control the situation. You can't let these people live on their own. It's chaos. Thank you for this. Yeah, this was... Um, Thanks, Jacob, for uh, suggesting, men- this. suggesting this one. This was a very good one. Um, just some other additional media as well. Oh, to, absolutely. To share about this. So this is not like, uh, um, it's not a history. It took quite a lot of articles for me to be able to figure out more information here. Um, and I'm sure I've missed a lot of stuff as well. So there's a, a, a fictional book that was created by, um, written by, Paul Harding as a it's won a Pulitzer Prize, but it is a fictional retelling of inspired by Malaga Island and this history. It's called This Other Eden. I have not read This Other Eden. Um, Why does that sound familiar? I think it's very popular. It has a Pulitzer Prize. I mean, you probably have heard I've probably heard. Yeah, I've also heard the name before, but I've never read it. Um, so pretty interesting. I'm uh, I'm probably going to go check it out. Give it a read. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's nice, uh, knowing a bit of the history also personally now. Um, 
Now, I also want to recognize and acknowledge that I am not black and I'm a very pasty white man. I glow in the dark. Um, And I get it that it it probably would be better for someone else to tell this story. I completely acknowledge that. But I'm here. And And I think the story should be told. And it should be told. And I'm sorry if I'm not the ideal storyteller for this. Um, But I cared about this as I kept researching and yeah, absolutely. I, I want to talk about this because you might not think it can happen to you, but you know, some we're seeing it now you're paying attention at all in the news. You're seeing, you're seeing it now when a community decides to start attacking the others, watch out because it's not going to be long until they're coming for you and they're knocking on your door. So, I don't fucking know how I'm going to pivot into a mechanism. <laughs> um, you know what? Hey, okay, B, I got a game. All right. Okay. Here's my game. Don't be mad? No. So, here's my game. Okay. okay. What appliance in your kitchen do I want to stick my head in right now? The oven? The microwave oven, and now it's time for our next mainism. Hey, hey, it's a mainism. Me out of here. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull up this guy. Oh my gosh. I closed out of the tab earlier. Oh no. I don't know. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Okay, I'm looking at the Inventors Hall of Fame, where we're going to be talking about someone that... No, this is a big one. This is a really good one, all right? This uh, this is an individual that is from Maine. His name is Percy Spencer. (sighs) He was born July 19th, 1894. Oh, he was probably familiar with Malaga. Uh, and then he died in September 8th, 1970. Um, he was a U.S. Navy man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was a SEAL. Uh, he doesn't look like one. No flippers. Uh, he was the person that invented the um, microwave oven, apparently. That's insane. A little interesting history there. Yeah, he was from... Uh, I'm going to pull up his wiki because this is not giving me... American physicist and inventor known for the microwave oven. Uh, One story that I heard about him was like, oh, he came up with the idea for the microwave oven because one day he put a candy bar in his pocket and he melted and it melted. And he was like, "Mm, I could probably use microwaves for something like this. Um, So then, yeah, he worked for Raytheon. So he was a big, smart physicist boy. Mm -hmm. And uh, he filed a U.S. patent on October 8th, 1945 for the microwave cooking oven. Uh, eventually named the Rata Radar Range or Rata Range. Uh, okay. 1947 was the first commercially produced microwave oven, which was about six feet tall, weighed about what? 750 pounds. Holy fucking shit! Cost about five thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Just imagine putting a small bag of popcorn in that. <laughs> Uh, and in 1967 was uh, when the first like countersized microwave oven was. <laughs> oh, you're not also... gonna put that six foot seven hundred pound one on your counter? It's a lot of fucking popcorn, dude. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 1967, then the first microwave oven started hitting the markets. Um, so pretty interesting, dude. I mean, he was born in 
Howland, Maine. Is that where the Lugaru lives? <laughs> it's gotta be. It's right in the name. Or maybe like the last wolf was. Anyway, so that's Percy Spencer. We have uh Can I give you another pizzas and I, popcorn to think? I have another little Mainism that I think is relevant. Oh yeah. It's more me. like a fun fact. Main um, fun fact. Main fun fact that's also another person. But um, is more relevant to this is relevant to the story. But I, I've been thinking about it, and I wanted to share it. Have you ever read Uncle Tom's Cabin? No, actually, I have not. Fun fact: Harriet Beecher Stowe is a Mainer. Wow! I read that this morning. You did? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, because I was looking at this mm. guy, and then I was like, oh, I wonder what other famous people. Yeah, uh, from uh, Maine. in in my drama my in my drama lit three class, we read a lot. I read, I read, I read a minstrel version of Uncle Tom's Cabin. Oh no! Oh no! Correct. Oh no! Correct. Oh no! Correct. <laughs> I read it when I was like, I read the book in high school, and then I read like, there's like a minstrel style play that I read in college, and it was like, Aah. but that was the point was we were supposed to go like, <laughs> but yeah, it's really interesting how. Even it's the the reason I want to bring it up is because like even the people who were on the side of the union that were like trying to free the slaves, they were still kind of not great. No. <laughs> and then we have this beautiful little shining haven that's Malaga Island. That's like it is such an anomaly with kind of what's going on because there were I think a lot of people a lot of white people during the civil war specifically were like yeah that sounds good but don't come near me (laughs) it kind of seems that way like for for the longest part I mean for most of the history no one gave a shit yeah and the thing with Harriet Beecher Stowe is like you can see it in the writing the fact that like Uncle Tom is a slave who doesn't mind being Mm -hmm. enslaved and then also there's this whole thing with like the angelic little girl and like the little angelic little white girl (laughs) and how she changes his life um so there's a lot of interesting things to consider and i think that that's also interesting considering when she wrote the book and then also like what's going on with Malaga Island, because I don't think that those two things are too far off from each other. No, I don't think so. I think um, Harry Beecher Stowe was, she wrote it at Bowdoin, right? I believe so. Yes. Because you can see her, her house is in Brunswick. So yeah, actually this would be, would have been pretty close by to Malaga Island. And also like time period wise too. Mm-hmm. Like they're time, time so, they're very, too. they're very close to one another. But I I just wanted to, because I, I was thinking about it while we were talking about the, sto- the story proper that we talked about today. And it's just, it's very, I think that this gives me another set of like, con- like interesting context for what's going on in Maine in this time period. This is... Yeah, in, Uncle Tom's yeah. Cabin came out in 1852. Okay, post. All right, well, or before... Um, so the community wouldn't have been created by at that point because 1860 was when the first people started living on Malaga Island. So, you know, but relatively I mean, same period, but yeah. Yeah, she didn't die until the 1890s. So, okay. She probably saw it happening. Just watching it unfold. 
read that first racist article and was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, fuck this shit! I'm gonna write a book." <laughs> That's the story of Malaga Island. Um, this was. Um, I get it that I probably don't have all the details here. Here, this is kind of difficult to it research. It sounds like there were people who didn't want us to have the details. No, they didn't. Because, Jokes on them, though. Yeah, now we can see. Now we're clowning on their asses. Yeah, eat Jeez. a dick, uh, Frederick Plaisted. Whatever you're. We can't even say, say your, your name. fucking name, idiot. How did you even get a, your your yeah, get elected with such a stupid name? <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you're just as angry as we are. If you want to tell us about it, you can reach out to us at homegrownhorrorpod at gmail.com or on our Instagram at homegrownhorrorpod. If you want to say some nice things about us, you could always leave us a review and some five stars if you really like us on Apple Podcasts. You can send us a roast, too, if you want. I don't know. I want any interaction. Make it like a fun roast. Make it a though. good one. Don't do yeah. something. Don't, don't be, just be mean. mean. Like I think they're stupid. One of them, we know that already. One of them's an idiot and the other one's gay. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> be be more creative than that. <laughs> uh, who's the idiot then? <laughs> <laughs> That's news to me. <laughs> Thank you all again for listening, and we will see you again soon. Bye! Bye.